What is happening, everybody? We're back again. Another episode of the Off Track Experience. Sorry it's been so long between episodes, but we obviously had some stuff go down that kind of has sidelined me for a little bit, but we're feeling a lot better. We're kind of feeling back to myself, which has been nice. We've had some big wind lately, so the body is slowly but surely getting back to 100%. So we're going to start putting more of these out, getting more behind the podcast now and putting more effort in. So very excited for that. Also very excited to share with you my next guest, Josh Enslow, aka Joshy Froffer, or just Froffer to a lot of a lot of you guys out there. So sit down with him at Snowshoe a couple of days before the accident and had a had a pretty cool conversation with him. He's someone that is very in love with life, that is excited about all the little stuff and the big stuff and just carries himself in a way that just it, you can't help but feel good when you're around someone like that. So it's cool to sit down with him, kind of chat to his experience on the World Cup so far, how he keeps such a positive mindset even when things aren't going right. And just, yeah, where it all kind of started for him and when he kind of started appreciating that he realised he had it as good as he did and to not be so down about things that might not go his way, whether that might not be qualifying or getting the result he wanted, he could still carry his head high. And I think a lot of people looked at themselves in those situations and it made them realise how good they actually do have it and how they should not take all these other little things for granted. So I think he was kind of this like shining kind of beacon in a way of making us all appreciate what we had a little bit more. So really enjoy the chat I had with him and I hope you guys enjoy it too. Before we get into it though, quick word from the sponsors. If a comprehensive solution is what you need and I know you need it and I definitely need it at the moment as well because my body is beat up so trying to do all the good i can for it and athletic greens is definitely part of that program helps with the immune system helps with your gut health helps with your overall energy and just helps you feel good so if you guys want to use free supply of vitamin d and some free travel packs jump on the link that i'll put in the description and it will be athleticgreens.com off track and you guys can get some free stuff if you really want and make yourself feel good and healthy and just all the things you need when you're definitely recovering and and, and wanting to feel better. So jump on that, have a try and see what you think. But you enjoy the podcast now with Joshy Froffer. You think about this, like you're, you know, I said you're live to the world. Yeah. So like obviously your voice is getting recorded. Yeah. Do you think about that that's going to be stored somewhere after it goes like online and that little snippet, this moment of your life, will be like cemented in that point of time in history as like you can go back. So think about when like you're 85 or 90 and you're sitting in a nursing home or you're on the countryside or something and you could listen back to this moment in your life right now where you're in America, in West Virginia, about to ride your bike, about to have a good time. Does it make you think and appreciate, I know you appreciate a lot of things, but like the moment now when you kind of look at it like that? I mean, I kind of haven't really thought of like, when I take a video of something that is going to be there forever, I've kind of just done it. <laughs> you don't think like about it's saved in time or something? I've never thought of it like that, but it's like kind of sick to put it that way. It's mm. like, oh, gets you thinking. It's like, damn, I could actually look back and like show your grandkids or something, like some sick stuff you did. Yeah. It's like cool. But because be- like our parents kind of didn't have that. Yeah, you can't, it's not. It's all just stories. It's all just word of mouth. Yeah, or then, like books and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, We're like. My my old man tells me like a sick story of when he did when he was younger. I was like, yeah, dude, that's insane. But like I could do that and show something. Yeah. Show something of it. And 
But you're going to have this, that you have grandkids or something and they can be like, hey, this was me when, how old are you now? 18. 18. This is me, 18 in America and show them that thing of how you felt. Oh, bro. Because how do you feel, Joshy? Everything feels like a movie, bro. It just feels surreal. Like, insane, bro. It's so crazy to think that I'm here because I wasn't actually going to be coming to America. Why not? Because I didn't have enough money. <laughs> so wait, we'll start. We'll start from the start. We'll go. We'll go back a bit. Because you, so, your last name just to confirm to everyone is not Froffer, is it? No, no. Half some most people don't even know my first name. Really, there's no. I've Froffer. had a few. I've had a few people not even know my first name. It's gold. Really, it's class. It's it cracks me up. Because it's Josh Anslow, isn't it? Yeah, Anslow. Yeah, Anslow. Yeah. So for some reason. I, I knew it wasn't, but then I just started to think, you know, when you like hear it that often, there's like, is it Joshy Froffer? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> nah. So people just know you as Froffer and didn't even know it was Joshy Froffer. Yeah, some of them just know me as Froffer, not even just Joshy Froffer, just, just Froffer. Now, how did you get the name Froffer? It's actually from Tim Butler and Jack Moyer. <laughs> and why did they give it to you? Because, so I know... I met Tim Butler through some friends in Cara, um, Bryony and Baz and stuff. Yeah. And ended up staying with them at Threadbow, my first ever race at Cannonball. Mm. It was they took me and, and and dad and we ended up staying in the same apartment. He tricked me his wombats. Yeah. Anyway, that's a funny story. But um, ended up becoming good friends with Pat and Timbo. Mm. And he's helped me heaps and stuff. And I was staying at his house when I was 15, 16, like a kid. Mm. Well, I mean, that's not that much younger than what I am now, but you know. Younger, yeah. I was younger and um, Tim did some shuttles for us and kind of and surprised me with bringing Jack and I just lost my lid. <laughs> and I just, oh, I can't even describe. I couldn't even talk, bro. I was like so buzzing and I literally could barely say hi to Jack. Mm. I was like, just buzzing, bro, so hard. He was like, told Timbo that, oh man, he really is a frother. You weren't lying. And then he posted on his Instagram just a little caption because Newly Docs was there as well. That's when I first met Newly Docs. Yeah, Jack Newell, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I lost my lid that day. But I know that feeling when I first met Sam Hill, I couldn't talk. Yeah. I like had idolized him that much and thought he was the man that when you meet them, you're like, it doesn't uh, feel real, does it? No. When I first met Greg Menard, Steve P, I couldn't talk and I was 18. It was this year, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Why do you think you had that feeling? How long have you like idolized Jack as a writer? Oh, ages. What was it about him that made you like him so much? Um, Honestly, I think I just liked every pro. Literally every pro I would not have been able to talk to. If but what, like, what are the reasons behind it, though? What is a pro athlete? It was just what I wanted to be. Just inspired to be them, so you were just yeah. Like, Before I rode bikes, I used to skate. That was like my thing. I was gonna be a pro skater, and I was the same for skate. I've always just like looked at the best. Always just like wanted to be them. Mm. I've like wanted everything they had, their lifestyle, like everything. And then when, because I never met any pro skaters, but when I got to meet like a pro mountain biker, because I kind of had a bit of a transition into mountain biking. Mm. That's a cool story too. But <laughs> had a bit of transition into mountain biking, and when I. Got to meet a pro, I was like, this is someone that I've I want to be. Yeah. I was like, I pretty much just wanted to be a pro mountain bike. Like and Jack was just sick. Yeah. He was like Aussie. He's been in a shark attack. <laughs> He's just a cool freaking dude. Yeah. <laughs> and you just pumped him 
so pumped to meet him. That's oh. so good though, and like, especially when you actually get to know him as well, you realize how good of a person oh, he, he really is. he's gangster. Yeah. Coolest. So dude. he called you Froffer and then it just stuck. Yeah, on that. Instagram, in a caption, he called, he says, said Froff and Josh in tow. Ever since then, <laughs> I was Froffer. Oh, Josh, so. I was not in tow, bro. I was like 120 meters behind these guys. He's man. so good with nicknames, Jack. He's so good. Like, he called me Donnie. That's how that got Yeah, stuck. Dean, Donnie, like. Donnie Chrome. Don't people Donnie, with your bluegrass helmet. Yeah, yeah people yeah. yell at me still that. Like, they'll literally Donnie like, Chrome, yeah. bro. Oi, Donnie. <laughs> 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 oh, he just hid something, doesn't he, that just sticks. It's so good. Oh, it's funny. So he called you that, and then. You've obviously... And then Timbo started calling me Froffer. And then from there, everyone called... Everyone. Pat called me Froffer. Everyone just started calling me Froffer. But it's obviously because you do froth things. You yeah. get really excited on everything. Has that always been something that you've done? Or was there a turning point? Or did there something happen and you're like, I need to appreciate everything more? Or have you just always been that in love with life? Uh, mm. I think I've always been like a super outgoing, buzzy person. But when I was like year seven, year six, like kid still, I think like school wasn't rough, but like there was a fair bit happened going on at school. When I like left school and started working, because I left school when I was 15, I started working. I don't know, I just like appreciated school so much more because, bro, my first three were three weeks of work, because I apprenticed under my old man, my first three were. My first three weeks of work mm. was the hardest work I've ever done in my life because I don't think they wanted me to leave school. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I think he tried to get me to work to go back to school. And, man, I'm, I'm super stubborn. So I was like, oh, I'm a pack horse. I'll do this. Mm. Like, oh, I can work. And, oh, man, I was dead to the world after three weeks. And then he eased up on me. But after that, I was, like, so appreciative of how good school was. Yeah. And then ever since then, I think I'll just – I've always like kind of looked at things in hindsight, but in the present. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you mean. But it made you look at everything you do now as being so good. So important. And I think it's funny you say it because me, um, me and my girlfriend, we went to this restaurant. We were, we were eating something and we're just like, okay, we've got to like chew it 20 times to really enjoy, enjoy it, it yeah. and how good it is. And so often you rush through stuff and you don't stop and appreciate what it is. We always joke now when you're like, make sure you get your 20 chews. Because it's like, <laughs> enjoy that moment kind of thing. Oh. You know what I mean? When you were saying you're at school, you just want to get out. You want to be done. You want to be finished. Mm. And then you go and you're finished and you go do something else and you go, oh man, that was the best thing ever. And yeah. so many people do that in life where they'll finish something and then realize how good it was, but they won't appreciate it in the moment. And that's something I feel like you do really well is you appreciate it in the moment. Yeah. And that helps other people appreciate it as well. Well, I also think of stuff like, I may not get this again for a while. Yeah. Like, well, you might never get it again. Yeah, yet. exactly. That's exactly. the thing. It's like, oh, one day or oh, something. Like you're waiting for something. Yeah. But it might never come. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, if this is it. Yeah. Going enjoy back to it. that. Yeah. Going back to that 22 thing, man. I always, when I get a chance to eat a lot of food, I do not eat slow because I'm like, oh. You're going to enjoy it though. No, but for me, eating. Is I like enjoying it, but like, oh, this is so good. Oh, get me more. Oh, <laughs> like when I got on Wind's Privateer project, oh, that was the fullest I've ever been because they took me out to dinner, bro. Mm. This is when they were helping you out. Yeah. They took you out. So, right. do you want to talk about that? Because you got help. What World Cup did you get help? Andorra. Out? Andorra, they came and helped you out. Yeah. Sickest thing. You got a bike. Ever. 
Yeah, pit, pit, mechanic. Bike, mechanic, pet, acom, my own bed, mm. like food. So much food. <laughs> I was full all the time. I was eating so much because I was like, I'm never full. I want to be full all the time. Like I had two main meals for dinner and I'm like a twig, bro. Yeah, you're I'll, telling me that. But I was you, so did, full, did, man. Didn't you like, it was between a steak and a pizza and you're like, yeah, get both. Well, it wasn't, even, it was like a joke to get both, mm. but they brought out both. Like Snowy, one of the mechanics there was like, oh, just get both, bro. Just get both. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get both. And then I ate my pizza. I was like, man, I was, I'm full. Brought out a whole nother steak. I'm like, I've got to eat this. This is too good. I just force fed myself. Eh? And I was like enjoying the force feeding. <laughs> I just love who washes down a pizza with a steak. <laughs> you just your entree pizza and then you're like, yeah, mains a steak. Yeah. Real I would have done it the other way around if I had a choice. I would have conquered the steak first. Yeah, the steak's a heavy hitter for a second course. Like that's... <laughs> Yeah, it was a big one too. Did you go dessert? Yeah, I'd got ice cream. Wow. <laughs> I'm not Three gonna lie. Courses, I felt baby. like sick. I can, yeah, I know. I can imagine you <laughs> ate a steak second after a pizza, and then you still like oh, wash this down with ice cream. There's yeah, always, there's always room for a dessert. I was like looking at it. I'm like, oh, oh. no, I might not get ice cream for ages. <laughs> Just loaded. Load it up. Because you got the bike, you obviously don't pit with them now. No, but you no. you get to keep the bike and race yeah. it for the rest of the year. Yeah, literally. That is the only reason I'm here now. Because I got that bike, I was able to sell my bike in Morzine. And I'm using that money to come here. That's so good. It's insane. Because like, so, you weren't planning on coming here originally. Nah, because when I left school, I started saving. But like, I don't know, a few years into my apprenticeship, I was like, kind of thought that the pro mountain biking thing wasn't ha- going to happen. But I was always like, oh, it could happen. It could happen. But I was kind of not coming to terms with it not happening, but the thought was entering my mind. So I blew some money on some cars. I bought a K70. And then, yeah, that got a lot wrong with that car. But anyway, ended up selling it to come here for like two and a half grand. And I bought it for five. It was a huge loss. I'm like, oh, gutting. That was a sick car. But I've always said when I'm... If I become world champion, actually, when I become world champion, I'm going to buy a K70 again. Yeah. Like, first car back, I'm going to buy it back. That's your trophy. That's, That's like the trophy yeah. I'm going to buy. Because I love that car. That was the freaking sickest car. You said then when you're world champion. Yeah. And you've said that a few times. Do you believe the whole, like, if you believe something strong enough, you'll become that? And if you speak it, it's like putting more power to the belief that that will happen. It's definitely, but I think it's more than that for sure. Mm. Because you can say something and believe all your heart, but if you still just don't, you don't go to the gym, you don't train, you don't ride. It's not going to happen. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I don't think you can get it just from pure, like I believe I can do this. Mm. I think you got to back up your belief with hard work. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a bit, you're saying a lot of people, they they think something, but they won't say it because if they think if they say it, you can come across as cocky. Not even cocky, but it's like a lot of people like to say something like you say, but then they won't put the work in. To, yeah. ba- to back it up kind of thing it's almost yeah. just like the idea is like people suffer in silence and they put that work in and then they become that that yeah. champion kind of it's thing it's kind of a beast mentality it's like but when you can verbalize it and say it it gives like and if then you've kind of i feel like if i say something then it's like well i've got to do that then yeah well i watch heaps of fighting and boxing like conor mcgregor you know mike tyson their mindsets are just different levels mm. you got to believe that you are what you say you are yeah but then again if you there's always a fear if you can like if you like say all this talk smack, like 
I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be world champ. And then you don't back it up. It's like, or you kind of hang your head a bit. I can see why people would be that. It can then, go either way though. It yeah. depends on how you deliver it as well. But if you say it in a way that's like kind of could be cocky, but then you back it up, it adds more to it. Yeah, exactly. But if you, if you don't fail, see, it mm. looks twice as bad as well. Exactly. That, I think that's why people are scared to vocalize it, mm. I think. But you shouldn't be scared if you put the work in. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes things just don't go the way you plan as well. Mm. It's like God's just testing you to see how bad you want it. Mm. That's the thing as well. You create your own luck. Exactly. And that's the thing. The more work you put in, that's the more opportunity of luck happening. People say you get lucky and like some people get certain opportunities, but it's really just when hard work meets an opportunity and people just call it lucky. Mm. Because do you feel like you're really lucky, but at the same time you're creating that? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I feel like I get lucky, but I sometimes feel like I don't deserve to be lucky. Why? Because I definitely put a fair bit of work in, but I have no results where someone will be putting in just as much work as me. You know, they're all doing their intervals in the gym. They're lifting the weights, but they may not, but they get better results, but they don't have the luck. I guess the luck is what I do. How do you mean though? Like Wilson and Bergen, mm. they're doing the exact same thing as me. I always take them as an example because I've stayed with them like pretty much the whole way through Europe. Yeah. And they put in, they absolutely mahi. Like they work twice as hard as anyone else. Like they've sacrificed heaps to be here, this and that, but they don't seem to get lucky. Like sometimes they don't seem to catch a break. Mm. But Will is that close to qualifying in a World Cup, but he doesn't really get recognition. Like what? I don't want to say I'm getting heaps of recognition, but like, I don't know. I feel like I'm a lot more noticed than them for almost doing nothing. Yeah. But I think this comes back to me because I, the, the reason that I think you've picked up so much momentum and steam is because you're being very authentic to who you are. And that's something that is hidden on the World Cup circuit. And that's what I showed you that video of me and Eddie talking about it. Yeah, that when was, was like, nuts. Bro. You're just happy and excited and authentic and yourself. And that's something that all athletes kind of hide that away and try and hide. Wave, hide. Yeah. It's kind of not even like, they're like trying to focus in on what's happening and they're so focused on that, you don't actually see who they are. Yeah. So, and it's like the whole thing, it's like if you come down from a run and you are just pumped because you gave it everything, that's so much more attractive to everyone then than if you come down and you oh, shake your head. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like those small things. That sort of stuff. Because that's the thing. It's like you acted that way and got people to just be excited because you're excited yeah. and pumped. And that's what everyone should be. It's crazy to think because I just genuinely was stoked to be here. And that's what's come across, man. That's what people see. Because, cause bro, literally you're, you're probably the main reason I came overseas. Really? Yeah, literally. Why? Because when I messaged you when I was in TAFE in class, <laughs> I was seriously contemplating. I was like, oh, oh, because I was at TAFE and I was like, I was like, I just need, I need someone to like back me up. I was, I was like, I'm going to quit and I'm going to come over. I just need someone to back me up because I had the worst cannibal come down after meeting Greg and stuff. <laughs> like a whole new fire was like sparked. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to do this now. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not getting enough time off work. I'll just quit my job. I have enough money saved up. And then come turns, I did not really have enough money saved up. I was like, I've got enough money saved up. I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I was like sitting in TAFE. I was like 
scrolling Instagram and I was like saying, oh, Medina had state champs. I'm like, I can quit, race. And I'm like, if I do well, I'm coming overseas. I don't know why I was thinking like that because I still would have come over if I did do well. I was like, if I do well, that's like my, my little get go to come, you know? Mm. And I was like, oh, I was like, comes to Thursday. I'm like thinking like all week, I'm like doing nothing at TAFE. Eh? Like swinging off my chair like I was at school. Mm. I was like, had my bike in because I had to go take like an hour away from home. Yeah. So I had my bike. I was coming home from class. I was riding my bike at lunchtime, like 20 minutes late. Like I was like, I gotta go. I was like, I just need to message someone. I just need to message someone. And I was like, who will tell me to go and do it? And I was like, Dino. <laughs> and then I messaged you. I sent you that paragraph. I was like, hey man, I'm thinking of quitting my job and coming. And you're like, do it, man. Just do it. Like you could do your apprenticeship later. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah, sweet. So then I went to the bathroom and rang my mom. And I was like, mom, I'm quitting. Can you bring the bike back? I'm going to, can you bring my bike back? I'm going to Tasmania to race this race. And I was like, and just went. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dude. It's so, oh man, that's really cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know it had that impact. Hey, that's. Yeah. That's literally, I was like. I was I like, to find that message because I can't even remember what I would have said. It would have been. Oh, it'll be back in the we'll, files. Yeah, we'll have to find it, man. It's crazy how you like that little you, bit of like a push that. That uh, can do it. Yeah, you sent me like a few voice messages. I listened to them like three, four times. Every time on the plane, I was like, yeah, this is happening now. And you just went for it. Yeah, and then I went and lived with Jackson Connolly for a month and we put in some mahi together. Like some, oh, like Goggin Speck mahi. <laughs> like. It was the sickest month. And you just got, whereabouts were you training? In Jindabyne and Throwboat. Yeah. And we just bounced off each other because there'd be some mornings where we didn't want to get up, but we had to because we were both doing it. Mm. And then there'd be some mornings where I'd be like, Jacko, get up. We've got to go. He's like, five minutes. I was like, no, 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 we got to. We didn't have to because we had nothing. Because you guys were, well, you would have been riding at Threadbow and like going back at, were you right, like riding downhill or just gym stuff? Or downhill. Everything, everything man. Everything. Like, people say you got to recover, but. We did no recovery for a month straight <laughs> and seven-day weeks. Yeah. It was just stupid, but it was awesome. The most fun I've had for just, a month. Just grinding. Was just, this, was this we, would, we would like wake up like, like I don't know, 6.37. We would be, and it was cold in Jindamar too because it was coming in winter and they're pretty high. Like 6.37 every morning, we'd be at the gym track doing intervals or the BMX track, come home, breakfast, ride Threadbow all day. All day, just down in laps, mm. and then go to the gym, gym, and then we'd swim in the pool, and we'd be home by nine, nine o'clock, eight dinner, straight to bed every night for a month. Just grinding. Just you're probably doing too much to be. I've been doing seven day weeks. But it was no awesome. recovery, any stretching, <laughs> yoga. Oh, we would stretch. I forced Jackson. Well, I didn't even force him. He still barely stretched, but he is a seized up unit, man. <laughs> Was this around the That's time? why he's the walrus. Was this, was this around the time you guys came up to race Oceans? That was that was our recovery for coming up to Oceans. We were like, we won't touch our bikes for a week. So that was before you raced? That was, yeah, before yeah. we raced. Because you guys came up. I met you in Byron. Jackson looked like a tomato. He, <laughs> yeah, he was so sunburned. He man. literally was so red. He was so red. I saw a photo of it the other day. He's like glowing. Yeah, bro. And he had the gnarliest tan lines like right here. Oh. He was white and then yeah, red. Man. So oh, you guys came awesome. up, he was just burnt to shit. He, and we went so surf, but the surf was fun. But it was so good. That was the sickest time because we were like trying to live super cheap to come to Europe. So mm. we were like, 
no fast food eating. Like we'll eat, we'll cutting up tomatoes on park benches and stuff. Like we're just making. That's so everywhere. fun, man! It's it was like, awesome. It's so fun to do it's that. Like the van the, life thing is. It's one of the funnest road trips I've had, mm. and it was a week road trip. I think we all have this idea of like things have got to be perfect. Oh, no. Nah. It's like some of the funnest shit you do is on at a park bench, cutting up tomatoes, laughing with your buddies. Yeah. Enjoying the small things, not being so worried about. So, and it. stuff, just so much funny stuff and so much gnarly stuff just seems to happen. Mm. It was like crazy. Like in Coffs Harbor, Jackson was sleeping in a swag on the car park floor and some dude nearly ran him over and got super angry at him. And I was passed out asleep and I'm waking up to like my van shaking, wake up. And he just like stormed off. And I was like, who's out there? Why was he sleeping in the car? (laughs) Because it was like super tight. I had bikes and surfboards on the van and he was just brunning swag. Oh, true. And he just would roll out his swag. Oh, it was so funny, man. (laughs) We had so much fun. (laughs) You guys went up race there and then, so were you planning as well to go come to Europe then as well? Yeah. So that's, so that, that was after. So I was like coming to Europe. Yeah. And you just made the call. You went and did like, got that motivation to, okay, we're not doing TAFE anymore. We're going to go chase it. We're going to put the effort yeah. in. We're going to put the work in. And then you've obviously got to Europe and how's it been since getting over and, and experiencing the World Cups? Nuts, bro. Like fully nuts. It's the first World Cup was an absolute shock because it was just a cannonball on steroids and I was losing my mind because the pros were here, mm. like Loic Bruni, Reese. Well, I was like, oh my goodness, man. I was losing my lid. Jackson, I was walk, walking around with Jacko at Lenzerhide and he went and chatted to Reese. And I was just standing there, just like a kid looking. I was like, hi, Reese. He was like, hey. I was like, oh my gosh, I just talked to Reese. Did he Look. say hey like that? Was he like a little bit nervous? Or, hey. <laughs> nah, he was, he was like, hey, <laughs> hey, man. Just like relax. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I was buzzing so hard. <laughs> was it a shock as well? Like, as you're saying, I remember I talked to you, like the speed when you come to a World Cup, it's just everyone is so quick. Yeah. Like, it's- At my first World Cup lens high, I was like, I just want to get down mm. because Jackson always told me I'm going to blow up at a World Cup if I go too fast. Mm. First, he's like, you'll blow up, you'll blow up. Just do it. Just get a season under your belt because I've just frothed so hard and, and mm. just can blow up. Well, that's what easy. so many people do, man. Especially like I crashed at my first World Cup, broke my wrist. Yeah, well, like, I broke my hand at an IXS before a World Cup. So my first two World Cups, I had a broken metacarpal in my hand. I do remember that, hey? Yeah. So but it, it was freaking sick. So I was like, I just want to get down. And I think it came down like 68, finished in 68 at the lens height. I was like, holy, that was the way I was like, Holy crap, people here are so fast. Because mm. I could do that in Oz, roll down, like not roll down, but like ride, just like pretty in my comfort zone and still, you know. Be all right. Be all right. Yeah. But here I was like annihilated. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness, people here are so quick. But I was like, that's so sick. Mm. It was like cool. Motivating, hey. Yeah. You it's like how much further you got to push. Because you're just chasing all the time. It's mm. like, there's always something, a goal. Mm. There's always something to go for. Mm. So it's sick. It's insane. And how's it been since you've been over here? Because you've been obviously improving and then you're getting the help from Win. Have you just been kind of learning more? How to, like you've been working on different riding. You've been in Morzine for a lot of it, haven't you? Oh, What's heaps. been the main focus to try and get better and improve? I suck at carrying speed. <laughs> I'm terrible at carrying speed. That's my biggest thing. I know I can ride a section just as good as anyone. I could pull a gap just like anyone could over like a whole track. I'm just not good at carrying speed. 
just holding consistent just like speed average wherever. speed yeah. is what i've really been working on to so be fast slow fast slow kind yeah of i'm thing. always super fast slow mm. super, super fast slow and then i'm like a slow burner but mm. i don't think i'm a slow burner at the splits my splits always improve at the bottom but at the top i'm just not good mm. so it's it's just such a learning process and i'm like super excited for it i've figured out one of the reasons why i'm not qualifying is because like I can't hold a good average speed or I'll blow a turn, but I can still I like I have the feeling where like I know I can be there. Mm. So it's just figuring out, putting all the puzzle pieces together. I and mean, man, it's freaking sick. Mm. Pretty and, sick. And you're getting the pieces, you reckon? You're lining the pieces up? Yeah, they'll they'll click. They'll soon come. Because I saw you, I guess well, like when the thing with Eddie it's I'm definitely you improving. Were, you were stoked when you do a run and you can lay down something you're happy with. Yeah. Uh, always I always get I'm always so good when I'm improving or mm. like, you know, my, it's hard to see improvement sometimes, but I'm just also still stoked to be in a World Cup. Mm. And we see that, but at the same time as well, because I remember seeing you after Ludon Vial and you had a crash there. Oh, I was so sore, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was freaking big. I was like, got back to my van because I was like winded. I couldn't really talk mm. to anyone. I was so sore. I got back to the van and I was just like, coughing my guts up mm. it's like coughing a bit of blood up as well i was so sore mm. and i was like wanted to sleep because i know with that because obviously in those moments it's like you are so stoked to be here but stuff can still hit you hey and oh you can, like, yeah it's kind of when you're that sore and then people come down put a camera in your face you're like Rob, i'm like mm. yeah but it's hard hey when you have to live up to that oh person yeah. and then you get pressured because it's so funny when you don't live up to that. It's like you can't ever not be that thing. Yeah. Which is a hard thing. And then people get put in this thing of like you have to be this kind Stoked of Stoked all the time. Yeah, exactly. I found that at Andorra because I was on the privateer project. I was so over the moon. Mm. And then I got one of my worst results. Mm. And I was really bummed about it. Mm. Like I was like, oh man, like far out. I was like really bummed about it. Like I had all the stuff. It was all on me. I, I was no, not an excuse. It was literally me and my run felt good. Mm. And I'd taken a back step from Valdesol. I got fifth, 50, 58. Yeah, 58. or 50, Coming up was 51st or 58. But I got one of them. Mm. But at Valdesol, I was a few seconds of qualifying. Yeah. Like three seconds of qualifying. And now I have a new bike. I have everything. But that um, can be a challenge excited. as well, man. Like just that word of like a new bike, like you haven't learned to like, you, yeah, yeah, you're looking at it as a pot, which it is, but also you just got on a brand new bike. Yeah, yeah. But I don't want to use that as an excuse because no, no, the bike's not, freaking not an, It's not an excuse, but it's a reality. Yeah. If you gave me a new bike just before a World Cup, I, had, it's a, it's a, I think I had three days on it. Exactly. So it's like, it, it's good and bad. So it's one of those things you can't look at. It's like, Again, what you said, you you said you had a good run. Yeah. So that's the thing. But I, I also put so much more expectation on myself. Exactly. But that's the thing. And like. Because I was like, I have all this. I have everything. Like, I can't but fail. If you, but if you do that, then you rob yourself of happiness in those moments. Oh, 100%. That was one of the biggest learning curve races mm. I've ever had was the Andorra because I didn't imagine qualify. If you, imagine if you worked a job and you brought a heap of stuff. And then you had all this stuff and you're like, oh, well, I need to keep working to keep all this stuff. But then because of that mindset, you're stressed about working. And then you don't, you don't even, even enjoy your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you put this expectation, oh, now I have to do well. Then you said you had a good run and you felt bummed. Yeah. How crazy is that shift in mindset? Yeah. And then that's when the realization of being frother hit me because that's when the cameras came and you notice the cameras in your face mm. when you're bummed. 
and they're like, how's your run? Mm. And I'm like, oh, it was, it was good, mm. but I was slow. Yeah. And it was hard to say that. Yeah. I think it's just having to focus on that fact that it was good. Yeah. It was good. That's what I mean. It was good. That's what I mean. It's like, there's that point of, because even the same thing, I went to Andorra and I was happy with my run. Yeah. I didn't go that fast, but I was just like. Yeah. It's a crazy feeling. Mm, but then you just be happy, man. Why should I be bummed? Because my name wasn't higher on a sheet of other of name. paper. Yeah. Yeah. When it's like in the feeling I had in my body doing that run felt sick. Yeah. Yeah, literally. I mean, yeah, 100%. That's one it's thing. It's hard though. It is hard though too. It was hard because I put so much. I was like, I'm qualifying. And mm. I was saying it to everyone in the pits as mm. well. I was like, I'm qualifying. Yeah. I was like, it's happening. I was like, this is the week, man. It's happening. I was saying it to my mechanic, Trevor. He's like, yeah, freaking over this. I was pumped up all week. And then I didn't have it and it was a way bigger drop. Mm. I was like, I hadn't really yeah. had a drop at a World Cup, even though I wasn't qualifying. But I was like, oh. Mm. Frick. I get what you're saying. And you also kind of need that feeling of how that felt yeah. to motivate you to go and do more work and understand oh, how to get yeah. better. That will push you. That was one of the race runs where I just wanted to be alone after it. Yeah. We got to process it, man. That's what I do if something goes wrong. I just remove myself from everyone. Because you've got to internalize it and deal with it yourself before yeah. you try and project onto other people how you feel. Because you don't know how you feel in that moment. You're trying to process it. Yeah, you try. It's such a mix of emotions of like, why did that feel good? But it was bad. And you're like, oh. Mm. And you're like, I have everything, like everything this race. I was like, I was well slept. I was so well fed. Mm. My bike was good. And then you're like, oh, it was a frustrating one. But I learned so much in that just going alone and just like, okay, kind of analyze. I was like, okay, I put so much expectation on myself and this is just a bigger crash. I built myself up like here mm. and it was like down here. I'm like, okay, so it's just, it's really just a bigger margin of why you feel crappier. Mm. When I didn't put any expectation on myself, I go better. I'm just stoked because I'm like marginally improving. Or, and I'm like, I just don't need to put pressure on myself. And I also realized where it was, also realized like being on a factory team isn't the be all and end all. That doesn't make you fast. It's literally your mindset, where your headspace is. The writing's the 30%. The rest of it is all in your head, I, I think, reckon. I think more of it's in your head, man. You reckon? I, I still feel like you've got to be a technically good rider. And yeah, you've got to have a big set of bowls. There's so many good riders at World Cups, man. So many good riders. Oh, and but there's like the really good races are the ones that have it. In, in their, their head. In their head. Yeah. You see in a World Cup where someone will win and then they'll just keep winning. And they just like they, click and they find they, they get a groove. Well, they believe in that. It's the belief changes that, oh, I can do that. Mm. As soon as you believe you can do something, you've already added so much power into that possibility of that happening. Yeah. As soon as you put that in your mind that I can do something, everything that you're doing towards that thing becomes easier because you know you can. Yeah. Like, you know, as soon as someone's like, oh, can you fix this? And you're like, oh, I've got no idea. And you start doubting yourself. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. if you just started trying, like, and this is a like, weird example, but if you started trying, you'd be like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. And that's kind of what like practice is in a way because when you practice a track, you're like, can I ride this? And then you oh, ride it and you like get better at it and then you hone in on that thing. Oh, yeah. I've got so much more confidence and now I'm a way better rider now than what I was at Lenzer Hyde. Because at Lenzer Hyde, I was scared of the track. Yeah. At Vadisol, I was like, scared of the track because I'm like, this is the track. And then I start riding it and I'm like, oh, this is sweet. Mm. I'm actually a good rider. I can race this track. Yeah. You gotta believe it. I'm one of the best riders in the world. I'm here to do a job. I'm gonna do it and then just do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Literally, it's insane. But no, that belief thing's so true because in the Morzan car park, one of my friend's van, Nico's van, was it was the biggest piece of crap, man. Big collie thing was terrible. It was always broken. He barely even drove it for the season. It was just always broken. And we were trying to fix a, uh, a CV boot on it. And we were like, oh, we can fix this. I was like, it's not hard to change a CV boot, but French cars, man. Holy crap, is there some different dumb things happening on them French cars. But I was like, yeah, we can fix it. And we just start like, pulling it apart. Going, oh, it was an experience. It was cool. We did not change the CV boot. We ended up just duct taping it up because we couldn't figure it out. But we were like both so optimistic of we could fix this. <laughs> but you didn't fix it. <laughs> no, but we <laughs> didn't fix it though. No. But you can't say your belief system works when you believe you can fix something that you don't fix. But we, we didn't have any taped, tools. You just said you taped it up. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't. But we put grease in it and taped it up and it oh, held. So we fixed it. The... I was really going to hope you said you fixed everything. It's running smooth. It's the best it's <laughs> no, ever been. No, we sold been. it. He oh, sold brother. it. <laughs> wow. But like that okay, belief yeah, is there yeah, to get in no. another track and we we I found just, the solution to the to the yeah, problem. Okay, I'll take that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, so we gotta know because I got hit up by Timbo saying that you've got quite the story about getting to the US of A. Yeah. Talk us through how what has happened and how have you gotten to the land of the free? <laughs> the land of the free, baby. <laughs> the land of inconvenience to the land of the free. Yeah. Yeah. And what has happened? <laughs> Talk to me. You've said you were homeless for a few days. Bruv. Bruv. Okay, I'll start with the plane ride. I overstayed my overstayed in Europe by a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um how long? I was there for hundred and forty three days. Oh you did but you did you take out the days when you went did you go to England or Andorra or anything? I, I took out I was in Andorra for a week. Yeah. And I was Could in help at this point. You never know. It's a few more off there. And then I was in the UK. I just flew into the UK and the rest I was in Europe. Yeah. I was in the UK for like a week. Yeah, okay. And then That's um, two weeks. It's getting down a little bit. Yeah. Right? Anything helps at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying though. Anyway, Go on. I get to Geneva and I was like, frick. But I'd kind of pre-planned this. I was like, looking up Australian bilateral travel agreements with all these countries. I went and printed off paperwork from like the 1950s and I was stressed as hell when it was all happening. And I was like, nah, I can talk myself out of anything. I was like, I can talk myself out of anything. And I like had piece of papers ready to like prove my point. Like, you know, mm. I like went in there ready to get through the border. I get to Geneva and I was like, give my passport. They scan it. Don't say a thing. Straight through to my gate. Security, everything. I'm like, little ripper. I'm straight through. Come on, baby. <laughs> and then I messaged Job because he overstayed as well. And he's like, did you get through Geneva Suite? He's like, yeah, yeah, I got through Geneva Suite as well. He's like, yeah, you'll be sweet now. I'm like, hell yeah, baby. Home free. Straight to America. <laughs> and then um, my, I had my flight go through Iceland. I had a layover in Iceland. Yeah. And um, I get to Iceland and I line up at the passport office where they, they were stamping it some reason in the airport. I was just like transferring. It was weird. So they go to send a passport and this and the lady looks at me and goes, you've been in Europe since May? I was like, yeah, 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 but like kind of not really. I was like in the Netherlands and I flew to Switzerland. I had this like full itinerary that was like completely false. 
<laughs> to like, and I had like some stamps to, on my passport to prove it. It wasn't all completely false, but like it kind of was. And she was like, oh, stamps my passport, go through the gate. I'm like, that was freaking easier than I thought. Go, to, I'm at, lining up at the gate, security comes and gets me and is like, you've been selected for secondary screening. I'm like, <laughs> yes. I'm like, yes. oh, frick, what's that? And like, go to that room over there. And I'm like, in there with one Chinese dude. I'm like, <laughs> wait, Gary, Gaz, come in here because you got to tell your son because Gary was so scared as well. Bro, it's gnarly. <laughs> I was in there with like one Chinese dude. And they were so bad. <laughs> Go big back over there. <laughs> they, they were so nice. I ended up like getting called up and had my backpack on. And he was like, this big dude, a eh? big long hair ponytail dude. I was like, this dude looks mafia ass. And he puts me into the, he like takes me in the room, doesn't say anything. He's like, passport, phone, wallet. Takes all my passport, my phone, my wallet. He's like, take your shoes off. Take my shoes off, this and that. And he's like, jacket, take your jacket off because I was wearing a jacket. And he's like, let's me leave my shirt on. But he's like, pants, give me your pants. And he swab your pants. And he just, so I take my pants off, give, give me your pants. And he like takes my jacket and like he swabs it all, not saying anything. He's like, open your bag. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> open my bag and he's going through my bag and everything. And then he leaves it out all on the floor. He's taking passport, everything, and just disappears for like 20 minutes. With oh. my clothes, everything. So I'm sitting in my undies with one shirt on and this passport room for like 20 minutes. I'm like, freak, am I going to America? Am I going home? Am I going to jail? Oh my goodness. Bro. And he comes back in and he's like, you can put your stuff back in your bag. And he gives me back my clothes and then leaves again. And I still haven't got my passport, my wallet, my phone, nothing. And I'm like, oh, freak. And then I'm thinking like, I was super nervous, but when he came in, I was like, I can talk myself out of anything. <laughs> I had this confidence. It was like, I was so nervous, worst butterflies when he was gone. And then when he got here in, I was like, it all disappeared. And I was like, game's on. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, when he was there, I was not nervous. I was chatting. I was smooth. What but were you was, saying to him? I was just like, oh, you know, just try, just chatting about my trip. I was like, I did this. And I was in the Netherlands. With, and then I was like, throwing in like, oh, we're allowed to stay in the Netherlands because we've got this mad bilateral agreement. <laughs> it's just all this stuff. Bettering him with the facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, go, and then he goes out and I put all my clothes on and stuff and he comes back with my passport and my wallet and there's a big sticker on the back of my passport that has the date and it says SCC, SCC red. And I was like, what the frick is that? And I was like, what's this? And he goes, nothing. You're fine. You're good to go. I was like, you can't even tell me what this sticker means. Did you peel the sticker off? Nah, I was too scared. Like, Way too scared to pull, okay, peel Gary the sticker off. Because Gary um, may have... Opened. Did you get the SCC sticker as well? Know. I want to look now, yeah. <laughs> <Have you laughs> I got don't think thing? so. And it was just on the back. It was like a huge sticker. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like massive. And um, so I get to get to the my gate. I'm like, I just got myself out of that. Yep, talked myself out of it. You little ripper. I'm good as gold. <laughs> My boarding pass doesn't work and is like unable to board. <laughs> oh, <brother>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. oh no. And then I was like, oh, it might just be the paper one. Get it out of my phone. Still unable to board. 
I'm like, no, no. I'm Is like, there people there? Yeah, heaps of people, massive line behind me. And I'm like, <sighs> and the lady's like, you need to talk to this gentleman over here. And then I'm like, he go, he, I get directed to this gentleman and he's like, looks at my passport, he's looking at me doing like the look. And then I'm, he's like, where are you headed? I'm like, where these flights going, bro? Straight to Washington. He's like, oh, yeah, what are you doing there? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to ride bikes, you know, there's a bit of sightseeing, this and that. And he's like, oh, yeah, where are you staying? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I haven't got any plans for when I land. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm staying with this person, just spun a yarn off the top of my head. I'm like, yeah, this person booked the Airbnb. I'm staying with him. He should be getting in in like a night. I'm just going to stay in a hostel tonight. Yeah. Just spin a yarn, just smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like he's so smooth with like border control <laughs> yeah, I just it's a talent bro I swear it just <laughs> and then um he's like do you have a visa and I was like yeah yeah I got my Esther thing he's like oh god manually boards me onto the plane so I get on the plane I'm like frick and now I have the American border I've heard like horror stories of this American border I'm like it's the gnarliest one I'm like oh Iceland was supposed to be the easy one <laughs> Yeah, Iceland wouldn't be the, the place I thought was going to be difficult to get through. Yeah, I know. So I get to America, I land, and I'm like stressing the whole flight. I also forgot a phone charger and my earphones, left them in Europe. So I've just, my phone's been off. But I like printed out some like, I didn't print out, but I put in my notes addresses of the places I'm staying. So I made a fake itinerary on the plane. Mm. So I was like, oh, I'm good to go. Like I'm getting through this border. Mm. And anyway... Your phone's not even charged at this point. No, my phone, I've had my phone off the whole time, like full, like dead off. So I could use it mm. at the borders. Oh, so you, okay. You're saving battery. Yeah, I'm saving battery. Okay. I was like, I'll just. Tactical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tactical thinking, bro. <laughs> and then I get to the American border. He's like, what's your reason for your stay? I'm, like, oh, I'm here just to ride bikes. He's like, do you have a flight home? Yeah, here's my flight home. You got your Esther? Yeah, sweet. Scans all my fingerprints, take a photo of my face. He's like, yeah, good to go, bro. I'm like. That's it. I'm like, no way that was it. And I was, yeah, fair enough. Walk through, straight to bagging, pick up my bags. And I was like, that was the easiest freaking board I've ever been through. <laughs> you get stripped down and- In Iceland and, and I'm freaking here, I'm straight through blase. <laughs> I'm like, oh but my now, goodness. now you've got through, you have no plans on what you're going to do next. No, no plans. <laughs> so- Land of the free, baby. <laughs> so I get to the airport and I'm like, I need to buy a phone charger. So I can maybe book a hostel or something, blah, blah, blah. And I'm tired, man. Because I was thinking tactical. I was like, when I get to America, I want to be tired because I landed at 8.30 at night. I was like trying to conquer jet lag. Mm. Conquer it before it's happened. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. I'm thinking ahead. Yeah. I full conquered jet lag because I was so tired when I got to the airport. Yeah. I was mentally drained, physically drained. Oh, it was drained. I was just drained, man. So I go in this convenience store is like the only thing that's like open apart from like Starbucks. So I'm like, go in, get an American charging box, grab a charging lead, buy it, go sit down. I'm like, go to plug my phone in. I'm like, frick, bought the wrong charging lead. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> you're, bro you're broken at this point, aren't you, Josh? That, that was, that was that nearly. That was the straw. That was in the last straw. That was maybe the second last straw. Yeah, what was the last? I go back to the thing with my receipt. I'm like, hey, I've bought the wrong lead for my phone. Can I just get exchange? And the lady was super nice. She was like, yeah, absolutely. Go to put it back on the shelf. Go to look for an iPhone one. All sold out of iPhone leads. And I was like, 
just wanted to break down and cry, but I'm like, nah, nah, this is this will be a sick story for my autobiography. I literally think like that all the time. Because and like, stuff gets bad. Yeah. But I was like, started stressing. I was like, put on a bit of an act, I reckon, to this lady. I was like, please, do you have a charge I can borrow? Like, I really need to book a hotel. I have no plans. I might just live on the street tonight. And she's like, yeah, you can borrow my charger. And she let, she lent, she was so nice. She was a lovely lady. Let me borrow a charger. I sat in the cafe till my phone was fully charged. And by this time it was like, I know, midnight. And I'm like, I can't be bothered to book a hotel. I have like next to no money. I'm like, hotels are so expensive around the airport. I don't know how to train into the city. I don't know how to catch a train in America. Like I was so I just slept in the airport, just slept on the airport floor. And I'm super hungry because I haven't eaten anything in like a day and a half. So hungry. And then um, I rang my dad up. I told him and he was like, I'll send you 30 bucks. You can get yourself something. And that was my first meal in like a day and a half. I was, oh, he's so thankful he sent me some money because I had, I was pretty broke. And anyway, I see my friend um, Alex Wayman is on Snap, um, on Snap Maps in Washington. And I'm like, sweet, please. I ring him up and he's like, yeah, yeah, we can come and get you, but it'll be in a little while. I'm like, all good, bro. I ain't going anywhere. And he comes and gets me. And it was like, sweet, sweet, gets me, stay his acom with him that night. He, we go into the city, look at the monuments, blase day, freaking meant touristing, city was sick, just in the main touristing parts, go back to his acom, just slept with him. He, they take all my bike and stuff, the snowshoe, but I kind of organized a plan with Nico, Arnold and Blinky, where they'll come and get me and I'll go on the rental car with them. Me and Nico will split a rental car. And that'll sort of be it. And it was like, okay, cool. And he, I was like, so I told Alex and stuff. I was like, oh, all good. I'll just float around the city for a few days till Blinky and Nico get here. And like, it'll all be smooth sailing. So I was, they're like, oh yeah, sweet. Key drop. I was, they just dropped me off at the, air, at the train station. And I was like, oh good. They take all my stuff to snowshoes. So I just have my bag. So it's like real easy. I'm super thankful for them. And um, I get to the train station. They drop me off. I go to book a train ticket. I'm like, I don't know how this worked. So I went and talked to the dude. And he's I was like, hey, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, man, how can I catch a train to the city? And I was meant to be seeing Jack Clark. He was in the city as well. We we're going to go out for lunch. And um, he's like, oh, the train's all left for the day, but you can book a bus. So I'm like, oh, sweet. Books me a bus ticket for 1220. It's like nine o'clock. So I was just like, I'll just hang around here. 12.20, bus never comes. I'm like, frick, where's this bus, man? And I can't get updates on my phone because I don't have a phone number. Oh, buying data in the airport was also a freaking, that was, that broke, the, that broke, that was the straw breaker. Because in the airport, I bought data for my phone, the eSIM, but it gave me a QR code to scan on my own phone. I was like. <laughs> yeah, I've just got those, but that doesn't make sense, hey. I was like. What the heck? Need a so, mirror. I was, so I was going around to people like, can you take a photo um, of this QR code so I can scan it on your phone? And the first dude I talked to was so rude to me. He was like, I was like, hey man, um, can you just take a photo of this and I'll scan it off your phone so I can get data on my phone so I can, you know, survive. Mm. And he's like, no buddy, I don't trust you guys with that cyber stuff. I'm like, <laughs> Fair enough though. Someone came up to me trying to scan my phone with a QR code. I'd probably, I'd but probably he was be like, like, he wasn't polite about it. I was like, come on, man, please, please. He's like, no, no way. 
go away. I don't trust cyber stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to judge by looks, but you don't look like a cyber hacker. Like, nah. What does a cyber like guy, What does right? a cyber hacker look like? Oh, I feel like, like sweaty a... glasses, clothes that don't fit him. Oh, like I was stuff. looking big. pretty homeless. <laughs> I was in some big clothes because I put all my warm Imagine clothes this on. This little kid, can you scan? My, can you take a photo of my QR code so I can take a photo of it? It's like, brother, brother. <laughs> but I know I've had. We've had to do that. Yeah, it's but. frustrating as. Mm. And then um, I was like, all oh, good. So no one would take it. So I tried to do the enter details manually, copy and paste, and it just goes unable to connect and i'm like just please work yeah. i literally i literally prayed i was like god please let this work i was like jesus man please let this work and bro, and bro i i literally like didn't even copy paste i just wrote it all out the big activation codes and and it worked i was like oh it's the lord brother land of the free yeah you know thank you lord <laughs> and um yeah so anyway that was the that was the story of the data Back to the train station. Mm. So he's no like, buses have come. No buses have come. He's. I go and talk to the. I end up chatting with this this dude, and he's like black, super long dreads, just like a cool dude to chat to. Concerningly super friendly. Nice, like almost overly friendly. Just chatting with what? him. I was like, you know how people can just like come off too strong. <laughs> I feel like that's oh, oh, right. That's so fucking so rich coming from you. <laughs> yeah, but like what was this guy doing? <laughs> but this guy was like <laughs> This yeah, dude was like all I know up it. in my grill know, too, man. I know what you're saying. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I ended up telling him he was a super nice guy. Yeah. But um Yeah, he's coming off a bit much. But he like got a message on his phone. He's like, damn, the bus has been delayed going off to like three o'clock. I'm like, three o'clock. So I went and talked to the dude. He's like, yeah, the bus has been delayed to three o'clock. So I'm like, I'm going to go get some food. So I went and got some food, came back to the train station. It's like three o'clock. Bus doesn't come again. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> so I'm like, go back in there and I leave my, it's like a little booth and there's like a table. I like, I don't know why. I freaking was a bit of a geezer. I left my bag like, just on the table, just outside mm. with my wallet, my passport, everything in it. Like stupid rookie error. Talk to the dude inside and I'm like, has it really been delayed to again? He's like, yeah, it's been delayed to 5.30. And then he's like, I'm like, five, bro. He's like, I was like, is there, can I just catch a train now or anything? He's like, oh, oh, I'll look. And then as he's like, oh, look, he, the dude just points out the window. He's like, um, um, and the dude's gone through my bag. This dude's gone through my bag. I'm like, frick rush out and he just hits legs and I hit legs and he trips over the gutter and he's got your bag. No, he's got my wallet. Oh. He's trips over the gutter and then I catch up to him and he just starts apologizing to me. I'm like, he's like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gives me back my wallet. And then he starts telling me this story about like how he needs to pay for his car, his cars. Told me he was like shot three times. He showed me these scars. I'm like, Oh man, that sucks. But don't steal my wallet. That's not cool. <laughs> That's all good, brother. But give him my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then I gave him wallet, and we just parted ways. That was it. And I was like, <laughs> "You have been locked into security, stripped naked." Well, I was in, in Iceland. Yeah, well, Iceland. Sorry, not fully naked. You've gone through. They've come to America. You've slept in the airport. You've been mugged by a guy that then apologized, showed you his war scars. Yeah. Now, where, where are you off to? What is I happened? This, I meet this other dude who's like, I don't even know how to describe what this guy looks like. Actually, I follow him on Instagram. 
I'd rather show you. Just a sketchy looking dude. <laughs> Why do you follow him on Instagram? <laughs> well, no, because I end up- Keep up to date, you know? This dude, sketchiness. this is the dude who I ended up, ended up helping out. Go for a scroll, bro. So you met this guy. I met this guy at the, air, at the train station just after. <laughs> show the camera. Actually, maybe not because I don't want to. He's kind of a gnarly no, looking dude. I don't know if I want to say it. We'll put it online, brother. This is the guy he's working with. This is the guy. <laughs> he's got a drink. He's got his glasses at night. He's got a headband. He's got some yeah. chains. He's driving a Beamer. Yeah, bro. Brother. Just a crazy dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> And he was so friendly. He was so nice. He seems like a bit of a vibe. Yeah, that's for sure. Anyway, he's like, oh, I'll. Catch the Springfield bus with me. We'll get on the blue line all the way into the metro, this and that. I was like, oh, sweet. All good. Let's do it. So I end up catching this free Springfield bus with him into the city. Well, I catch the to, to the train. He's like, you need to buy a metro card. I'm like, oh, all good. Buys a, I buy a metro card. He's like, oh, you don't need to put any money on it though. I'm like, really? Kind of like in disbelief. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're sweet. So I get my Metro card and we walk up to the gate. You know, you have Opal card, you tap on it. It's the exact same thing. And I tap the thing and it just goes denied. I was like, yeah, because there's no freaking money on it. And he just jumps over the gate. And he's like, come on. So I just jump over the gate with him and we just run onto the train. I'm like, oh my goodness. That was the gnarliest thing I've done. <laughs> so we just jumped onto the train. He's like, yeah, yeah. So catch the blue line all the way into Lafont de Plaza or whatever it was called and then get off and there'll be some hostels there. I'm like, sweet. And then next stop, he gets off. I'm like, oh, all good. But I ended up chatting to him. He was a super nice dude, helped me out. He even offered me weed, bro. He was like, oh, you got some weed? I got like a bit too much. I was like, nah, bro, don't don't smoke weed. <laughs> it was super nice though. True. <laughs> you helped me out though. You said you helped. Oh, he helped hey, you he out. He helped me out. He helped you out. So yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you were going to say you ended up doing something for him. But oh, he, no, no, no. He helped sorry, me sorry, out sorry, sorry. Yeah, by like yeah. teaching me the trains. How to get, yeah, free ride. Yeah, train yeah. <laughs> And then anyway, caught in the bus, seat Jack Clark, charged my phone up again in the lob in their lobby of their hotel. And then him and Ollie and stuff and all the union boys got there. I was so sick, it was sick to see them. And then the, I was like, oh, could I maybe just, because it was late, it was like dark out. It was like 8.30 or something. There was no room for me in that hotel because they were already that crowded. Mm. I'm like, oh, no worries, brother, all good. So I'd venture out into the streets of, of, the, of Washington, D.C. And I'm like, I need to find something. I was like just sat on the street on my phone because I charged my phone up. So I was like, sweet, got phone charge. And um, I was like, I don't know where to stay. This hostel's dodgy. I'm like, oh. just book a hostel. Book the hostel and it was actually kind of nice. First, it was like, all good. <laughs> <laughs> I was really expecting. I had my own room I and I was like, there was, there was a bathroom, there was a shower. It was good, could charge my phone up. Sweet as. But it was kind of a bit spenny. It was like, Kind of last minute, all the other cheap hostels were booked out because it was super late at night. Mm. So I was like, oh, last resort. I can't afford two nights there. So um, I go out and by now, they've Washington's had the cyclone rains. Like mm. I'm in the middle of it. Like it hits and there's some flooding and stuff. It was like raining, miserable, windy, terrible weather. So I walk outside, go to a Macca's and I'm like, I'll figure out something's doing Macca's. And I'm looking at hostels and there's, they're all the cheap hostels, like always booked out. You almost have to hit them in, up in advance, but I'm like, that defeats the purpose of a cheap hostel to like go into a night. It was like, ah, oh, bugger. Anyway, so I just end up falling asleep in these Maccas, just on the, on the couch, just end up falling asleep on one of the things. 
And um, some lady comes up to me and she's like, you can't sleep here. I'm like, oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> the phone was on charge and stuff. And I was like, oh. You were, you were, you were really kicking back there. Yeah, you should have just bought a McFlurry and just kept yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Well, you're a customer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was burning. raining. I was like, there's nowhere else to go. So I was just sleeping at the back of this. And um, ended up chatting to her. And she's like, my friend rents a basement, like a private room in a basement. You could probably stay there tonight. So she puts me in contact with this lady. Mm. And she's like, yeah. Ended up being... Six, six, sixty AU, sixty bucks Aussie to stay there the night. Mm. I'm like, oh sweet, yeah, in in Washington too. And it was good, bruv. It was bruv. I get, <laughs> so I get there. She's like, check ins at three. I'm like, oh check in, sweet. This must be a nice place. So uh, <laughs> a nice place. Don't have check in. <laughs> well, anyway, I end up. I'm like, okay, sweet. Three o'clock rolls around. I go there. I catch the bus, no money on my Metro card till, so I'm jumping on the buses and jumping on all the trains. <laughs> so I jump on the bus and um, I end up chaining this other person. She's like, oh, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm staying in this this suburb. Oh, fuck, what was the name? Doesn't matter. I can't remember the name of the suburb. I'm staying in this suburb and I'm just, um, there's a room there that I'm being, that someone's renting out to me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, boy, what are you doing going there for? Like, that's not a nice neighborhood. Like tourists shouldn't go there. I'm like, ah, oh. she's just telling me. And she's like, you better be careful out there, all this stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, she'll be all good, you know. Like, I don't look that much of a tourist. I just got one backpack. Anyway, this oh, she like warned me and she was super nice and we ended up chatting. And then this, she's like, oh, this is my stop. And the stop before my stop, everyone gets off the bus. <laughs> oh, this can't be good. There's like 15 other people on the bus. Everyone gets off. I'm like, frick, man, that's gnarly. I get off at my stop and it was probably scary. It was like a 2K walk. So I end up walking through this neighborhood and it was 100% the scariest neighborhood I've ever walked through. Like it was just so quiet, so eerie, but like just really gnarly. And I was like on the corner, two blocks, you can see like a block down on the corner. There's heaps of people just sitting on the corner. It was gnarly, dude. Like. Fences, like everything looked run down. It was just sketchy. And I was walking through. I'm like, frick, holy crap. Anyway, I get to the house and I'm like, oh, this is freaking gnarly. I was like, this house sucks. <laughs> I go knock on the door. No one replies. I get a text from the lady and she's like, keys are down. Keys are, go out the back. The keys are in the door of the basement. I'm like... Oh, bloody hell. That's so weird. You're like at this random neighborhood. She won't even come down and speak to you. Yeah. No one was on the streets apart from one block. Yeah. One block had people on the corner. It was so gnarly. Some of them was ballied up and shit. Like gnarly. Balaclavas. Or- yeah. Well, like not full ballies, oh, but like, like over the, nose. the ski masks. Yeah. Scariest thing I've ever seen. Thought I was going to, I didn't think I was going to die, but I was like. You just worried. I was like. Shit was going to go down. Yeah, I thought something was going to go down. But then I was like, oh, everyone loves Aussies. Brother. <laughs> a gun doesn't like an Aussie. Yeah. Nah. Anyway, I get to the place. You've been like, robbed once. <laughs> like, <laughs> in broad daylight. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. So I go to the basement. I'm looking around. The basement's downstairs and it's like proper. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like the sketchiest looking house you could just stay in ever. 
and I get in, I go into the basement, I look and I'm like, oh, sweet, single bed. And I look up, the ceiling, some of this, there's like a T-bar ceiling. Yeah, you have the ones you push up. Half the ceiling's missing. There's a sink that's all rotten. I've got a video of it, bro. It's cool. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And there was a sign on the door when I got there. And it says, if your room smells like marijuana, can air it out, but no refunds. Expect clients from 9 to 12. Expect noise. <laughs> what was the noise? I'll tell you in a minute. This is the room, bro. This is the room. It was like, kind of all good. And you look up and like the ceiling's missing. Oh, There's brother. wires. And just wait for this, bro. You go on hands, like the sink. I was pissing in that sink. Brother, there's no toilet. No toilet, no shower, nothing. It's just this one room. Bro. Like, yeah, the Bro. bed and like, and look at this. There's like shit everywhere. Yeah. It stunk so bad too, man. Dude. And fair enough, at like 9 o'clock, 9.30, I wake up, I hear someone walking up the stairs. Few few minutes later, quiet. And then you just hear, and then just dust falling from the ceiling, a little bit of dust falling from the ceiling. And it was all night, bro. It was like, you'd hear it. Then you'd hear someone walk back downstairs. Hour, hour and a half later, someone else would walk up the stairs. And you're hearing sirens and stuff all night as well. And you're just like, oh my goodness, I'm staying in the basement of a prostitute's house. <laughs> Brother, <laughs> that you got the contact from someone. It matters. Because you're asleep in McDonald's. <laughs> to be fair, falling asleep at Macca's is probably going to lead to you sleeping in a prostitute's house. Like, <laughs> I can see how the, the dots align. You get what I mean? Do you yeah. think it was, was it cheaper to go upstairs or to stay downstairs? Bro, yeah. Did you ask the pricing for upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> did it have a nah, price list in nah. the bottom? <laughs> it stunk so bad, bro. It was like the worst place I've ever stayed in my life. It was gnarly. And I had I barely got any sleep. I was like sirens all night, people yeah, fucking, yeah, like you're hearing gunshots and shit. Like it was gnarly, dude. And I'm like, I just got to leave early in the morning, the most inactive time of violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's really caught, like doing crime at like 5.30, hey? Like, nah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I'll leave it like yeah, 6 or crime never sleeps. Yeah, 4 to 5.30. <laughs> Kind of tired, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. But I was also looking up some statistics of the suburb I was staying in. I can't believe I can't remember the name. But I remember it was like every 100 people, four people get violently attacked in this suburb in DC. Wow. It was like just outside DC. It was like one of the suburbs just outside. And I was like, I'm going to leave. So fair enough. It was like miserable weather again. So I left at like six in the morning, legs straight to a McDonald's. As a homeless, as a homeless, McDonald's is like a savior because it's like mm. indoors, it's warm, there's a toilet, there's like men. food. Yeah, there's yeah. food. It's basically a men's shelter. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Yeah. McDonald's is just a glorified men's shelter. <laughs> a beacon. Yeah. Now, this, when me, Jack, um, Joey McVoda, Dave McMillan, Luke Ellison, when we were van lifing, we'd just always go to Macca's because you get Wi-Fi. None of us yeah, have Wi-Fi. We had, we'd just snack all day. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like a gypsy's, it's like gypsy's dream. Yeah, it's a gypsy church really, isn't it? <laughs> Proper God. And then, um, yeah, yeah. So then I ended up leaving, going back into the city. And I like don't even know why I went into the city. I'm just jumping onto the train. It doesn't cost me anything. So I just, I don't know why, went back into the city and I was like, 
literally homeless with my bag. I haven't changed clothes in like three days. Had one shower. The time I was there, I'm stinking. Like barely eating anything because I'm like, I need to make car. I need to make money meet for this car rental. I'm like barely eating. I'm so hungry. I'm literally homeless. Walking around the streets, just like sitting down on the ground. I walk into Starbucks, charge a phone, whatever. And I was like, walk around the streets some more, sit down where it wasn't raining. And I ended up sitting in this place because it started raining again, sitting like out the front of an ATM where there was shelter. And there was like four other homeless people there. We all just ended up gathering. And these dudes were like drug fucked, like fully. It was really sad. This one lady was standing out in the rain, had a cane. She looked old and she was talking to no one. I was like listening into it and she was like having an argument with the cops saying her husband was missing and like, it was like cops were talking back to her. Like she was being interviewed. It was like really sad. There was so many people that were like generally just their minds was gone. It was like really sad to see. Mm. Like thinking like surely just if you're homeless and you're not abusing drugs, you're not going to go that crazy. But then I was like, nah, I could see. Because I ended up like singing to myself sometimes. When I was really bored. Just to end up busting out a tune. Mm. I was like, I can see how like, if you're homeless because of a situation that happened in your life and you just don't get past it, how like you end up just reliving that situation. Mm. It's like really sad. But then some of them are like just drug fucked, like absolutely just clapped. One dude, I was sitting on the street and this one dude just came and sits up next, sits next to me and goes, I don't want you by me. He just kept saying that all the time. I just would move and he's just saying the same thing. He wasn't even talking to me. He was just saying that. Mm. And I was like, it's just sad. It's like, a lot of them just clapped. Mm. So sad. Is it crazy to like think that you kind of, even though it was for a brief time, you see how so many people live every day? Yeah, it's insane. Being homeless in Washington is eye-opening. I honestly learned a lot and was got even more appreciative of a bed and a shower, a bed that isn't in the basement of a prostitute. Or an airport. Yeah, or an airport. That was like supposed to be my last night because Nico and Blinky were coming, but... Nico's flight got in, but we couldn't get the rental car without Blinky because we were going to get his name because it's cheaper. And um, his flight got delayed till 9 o'clock and the airport's an hour out of thing. My phone was flat and everything was closed. There was no charges anywhere. I'm like, frick. End up ringing Ollie because he's still in the city. I didn't realize he was still in the city. End up ringing like Ollie Davis. He was out at dinner. I'm like, hey, man, can I maybe just borrow a charge in your room or something? He's like, oh. My room key, oh, you, like, I didn't have a room key with a key. I was like, oh, good, can I sit in your lobby? He's like, yeah, that'll be sweet. So I just go to his hotel, sit in his lobby, and I'm looking freaking homeless, like just proper homeless. <laughs> and I'm charging my phone up and I'm kind of sleeping. And the dudes from the thing are like, are you even staying here? Like, yeah, yeah, my friends are coming. They're staying here. I'm just staying with them for the night. They should be here like 9.30 or something. And I'm like in and out of sleep because I'm like broken sleep so just destroyed or so tired they come back and i'm like oh, oh this, yeah how you doing man well i'll just catch it up you enjoying the city i'm like yeah it's a real cool city i was like yeah it's been pretty gnarly though it's been like down bad eh? nothing's going right supposed to be being picked up but now i don't know where i'm sleeping tonight he's like why don't you just go back to where you went last night i'm like bruv last night i was in the basement of a prostitute's house and they're like what I couldn't believe it. It was like a real weird feeling. No one was stoked. What you do affects other people because he's my mate and they're all my mates. I could almost see it. He was like, oh my gosh, bro. Kind of like 
down for me. Yeah. I was like, oh, don't, don't be bro. It's all good. Man, what you do has such an impact on other people. Yeah. Because you'd see the other side of that all the time when you're always hyped and feeling good, but that shit can go bad sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So then I was ringing Nico in the airport. He's like, oh, Blinky's not here yet. Blinky's not here yet. And I was just sitting. I go to McDonald's. <laughs> Again, but Mac is a safe haven. And I'm like, I, I can't afford this because I need to pay for this car. And I end up, end up buying like four pieces of nuggets and, and a hot coffee. And just going to sit out on the side of the street with four pieces of nuggets and drinking my coffee. It's like 11 o'clock. I'm like, Nico's not coming to get me. Blinky's not coming to get me. So I end up just parking up, lay on my bag and just start sleeping on the street. And I'm like, oh, they'll get me in the morning. They'll get me in the morning. And then Nico rings me. 20 minutes I've been like trying to sleep. And Nico rings me. He's like, oh, bro, can you get to the airport? It's an hour away train. I'm like, yes, I can get there. So I get up, get my bag on. Straight to the train. What time is it? It's, it's nearly midnight. Yeah. Nearly midnight. Catch the... Oh, it was 11 o'clock when he rang me. And I just ran straight to the train station, got on a train, got it. And by the time I got to the train station, it was like 12, yeah, around 12, around midnight. Mm. Get to the trains, get to the thing, run to the arrival departure. And then I'm like, bro, where's Nico? Where's Blinky? Messages me. Can you walk to the hotel? Bro, the maps doesn't let you walk on a highway. It was like taking me all around and it was going to be a four hour walk. I'm like, no, I can't. It's like, I could just walk on the highway and I'm like, no, I'm not walking on the highway. I'm just going to sleep. I'm rooted. Then sends me messages. We're not going to come and get you. Blinky's gone to bed, the car. Frick, all good, all good. And then I'm like, I'll just go to bed, go to sleep and I'm like parking up under the underpass and just like going to go to sleep. And then Nico gets me, goes, I'll come and get you. I was like, oh my goodness, thank you. Why did this just happen from like, I feel like this, like from the train station, why couldn't they just get you from the train station? Because they'd already gone to the hotel. Yeah, but how far? I don't know. They They told you to go to the thing. This is just Nico. I think Blinky wasn't even in the loop. Of what was happening. But why wasn't Nico like, okay, we'll wait for you or I'll come get you? Oh, I don't know. It was just... (laughs) It was clapped. Nico, what are you doing? <laughs> nah, Nico actually came through though. Look, this hey, was... in the end, but I feel like this could have been cut short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, I like screenshot and I was like so mad, but also like thankful because I knew it was like, this is either my last night or he's coming to get me. So you thought you were going to sleep on an underpass? Yeah, I was going to sleep. This was the other place. Like, come to the hotel. For one, you're talking on Snapchat. That's the first <laughs> the first big boo. Then I was like, Ubers are that speddy for like a 10 minute drive. Yeah. And then... He's like, all right, I'll come and get you. I feel like communicating this seriously should be put at least to like a phone call or messages. (laughs) But he had no data because he was just using free Wi-Fi. So once he left the Wi-Fi, he couldn't talk to me until he got to the hotel. I still feel like just Snapchat's not the, like messages (laughs) to delete is probably not the the one to talk to when you're trying to communicate about finding someone. But Nico did haul himself out of bed and come and get me. Yeah. So I was like so thankful for that. And I just, just slept on the floor of the apartment. Hmm. And then I was so thankful that it came and got me. I was so over the moon. Like, hmm. I couldn't even stress how happy I was. It was like... It gives you perspective, hey, yes. on how bad it can be. So happy. And then um, got to the thing and they had complimentary free breakfast and I stole all the waffles, <laughs> took them in bags into the car trip, like ate so much food. I was so full, had like coffee, cereal, and it was like, not even good food, but... 20 chews, baby. But, yeah, there was, like, <laughs> so thing. I had so much food, and I was just, like, 
happy. The food was terrible, just hotel food. Yeah. And I was like, this food is amazing. You appreciate it more, man, because you've oh. just been through a battle of prostitutes and <laughs> back alleys and skate strip searches. Strip searches <laughs> and yeah. train rides to nowhere. And then it was smooth sailing from then. So yeah, if we condense all of that, how many days was it from Geneva to that uh, hotel floor? Geneva, five days, five days. Because they got there on the, Dude, they got there that's on the. Long. <laughs> that's a stint. <laughs> I remember seeing because he was putting up like little stories, but didn't really show much of what was happening. You're like, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to show too much because I didn't want people just bombarding me with messages of like, oh my gosh, are you okay? But then sometimes people would reach out and help though. Yeah, I know. It's a good thing. I know. If but, you put up a story, you go, I'm in the basement of a prostitute's house right now. I may die. It's <laughs> sketchy. Like someone might be like, brother, we got a couch. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that can happen. But like, Wynn Win was also checking on me all the time. Every story, Wynn replied to me. He was like, are you all good, bro? It could be better. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, it was definitely a hell of an experience. And then now I'm here yeah, in the yeah. hotel room with Nico and Blinky and they freaking saved me. Yeah. And I'm that thankful for them for literally just helping me out. But, yeah, it was insane. And you're gonna have an awesome weekend. Yeah, sliding around snowshoes. Dude, I don't even care how it go right now. I'm just that happy to be here. I mean, I obviously care how it go. I'd st it'd still be. But you've had the perspective of sleeping in a McDonald's and under a bridge, and you see how shit it can be. Yeah. So just having Mary to ride your bike seems like a luxury now, doesn't it? You've already won, regardless. Yeah, of literally. Whether I come dead last, I know I won't come dead last, but whether I come dead last or first, I'm probably gonna be. I'll be more stoked if I come first, to be honest. But like whether You're just gonna I, be happy. Yeah, I'm gonna just be over the moon that I'm here, not dead, healthy, and I raced my bike. It was Does it really like frustrate you when you see people that are doing really well but they're still annoyed? Yeah. Yeah. It's like they can't appreciate <laughs> Or even when I was like sleeping in the basement, I was seeing like people's stories and they come to watch and they're going shooting guns and doing golf. I'm like you lucky motherfuckers. <laughs> like, you can just hear. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, oh. But no, nah, it's like good for them. They've probably earned it. You know? Joshy, would you tell us if you went upstairs? I didn't even go into the house. <laughs> Bro, I probably, if I got that room for free no, by I'm, having no, to go. I didn't say you did. I'm saying if you did, would you tell us? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Bro, I have no money to sleep with it. Scattered a prostitute. Yeah. Surely that was included in the 60 and I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. You should have read the fine print. Yeah. yeah. On the way. Um, so, what was that address? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Nino is in need for a sesh. I've got a prostitute <laughs> no. you might need. No. No. No, I'm good. Um, so, now we're, fin we're finishing off, Joshy. We've got two more World Cups. How is the, from start to finish, how's the whole World Cup experience been? And has it lived up to your expectations? Oh, dude, it's been a trip of a lifetime. Fully, trip of a lifetime. What do you reckon the highlights have been? There's so many. When you say that, I get so many just come to mind. Mm. Like from being with all the boys and sneaking into like saunas and spas and the five-star hotels and sleeping in them for the night. I don't know, just so much stuff was insane. Were you breaking the hotels and sleeping in their saunas? Yeah, we broke into a in Leo Gang. Yeah, Leo Gang. A few of us boys ended up. Lockie knew. I thought like I shouldn't say this because I don't think someone. I don't, don't think say I'm, names. Maybe just I don't say names. Yeah, someone we know 
knew someone who had a room, a spare room key. Yeah. And she lent it to us and we went into like the sauna. It was like a sauna area, like lounges, like all sorts. And we were like, we should just stay here the night. And we ended up, this thing closed at like nine o'clock. So we left the door open with a towel, went out, came back and it was all open. We just stayed there the night. Who slept in there? We slept in there. It was like Where were you normally sleeping in a van? In a van. So you just wanted a bit more room? Oh, it kind of just happened. We were like all good to just sleep in the van, but like it just was like, oh, we should stay here. It kind of just happened. <laughs> and, then, and then we just left early in the morning so no one came and kicked us out. We didn't get in heaps of trouble. But like so much stuff like that just comes to mind. Mm. Just like insane stories that I'll probably like never forget. Mm. Just so many highlights of that. The racing has literally just been a huge bonus. The racing has just been the enjoyable part of it. It's like the cherry. Just the cherry on top that I like enjoy the most. Yeah, but everything else along with it. Is so sick. Yeah. There's I, definitely been some hard times, but it's we've so heard sick. <laughs> We've heard a few. We're aware of these. <laughs> but that's the thing though. But then you look back and you remember the hard times probably even more than the good times. Yeah. Like the struggles and things you like came through. Literally every night I'd be like called up. I'd be like, bro, my autobiography when I'm world champion is going to be nuts. Always say that. Mm. Always. I'm always like, my documentary on my autobiography is going to be insane when I'm world champion. Mm. All the time. I just carry that perspective with almost everything I do. Wouldn't you want to live a life if you could look back at the end of it all, if you could watch it all back from the start to end, you'd want to enjoy watching it? Yeah, so far my life would be freaking sick. Yeah, yeah. My movie would be cool as hell. That, yeah, exactly though. If you think that, that's how you should live your life. Yeah. Like you are the main character in a really hopefully cool movie. Yeah. Yeah, freak yeah. So what's the, what's the next step after the World Cup's done? What, what's the... Yeah, what's the next move for Joshy Fropper? Um, thinking motivational speaking. I reckon they've got a few stops you could do. <laughs> Maybe make a bit of extra content time. To be honest, I heard like it's going to be like pretty gnarly for privateers next year. So I think I'm really going to go home and probably work two jobs and just save up all my money. Try to find somewhere free to live. And <laughs> Mac is. <laughs> Mac is. Yeah, just, just literally just work to just come back over, man, because – I just want this thing so bad to happen and I know if I want it bad enough, it's going to happen mm. and something will click, I'll get really fast and I'll get a deal and I'll make it my job and I'll become the best. But um, till then, I just know I've got to knuckle, knuckle down, head down, ass up and properly just put some yards in. Mm. And I know, I know I'll do it. I know I have to do it. So, yeah. What about you, Dane? Mr... Your last year Miss, on the World Mr. Cup retirement. circuit, yeah. Mr. Retirement. What's 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 your plans like? How did that? What was the big like decision of like this? This is my last year. I've known. For, I think I've known for a while. Hey, yeah. I've known since COVID that I haven't known, but it hasn't. It hasn't been. You know, how you say you want something so bad. Like I used to want it that bad. Yeah. And then after COVID, I just didn't because of just I think my perspective got shifted on a lot of things, mm. and it's like. Was know. it COVID that really changed or was it something else that happened? It was just the fact that this, like it's, we stopped racing. I got pulled away from it. Yeah. I realized there was kind of other things that I wanted to do. And it's like COVID just showed me the fact that everything can change like that. Yeah. Like you can get shut down. You might not be able to see stuff. Like wars of like wars happening right now. Yeah. In Ukraine. Yeah. there's like, it's not, it's like it's the world's so volatile. And I was like, I don't think you should do something that you don't love. Yeah. So I was like, I used to love this and throw everything at it. And now I don't. 
So it's like, why am I doing it? Mm. And then they had other stuff that I enjoyed doing more and I got more fulfillment out of. Yeah. And yeah, I just realized that like I'd rather do these other things. Yeah. So Fair enough. I think I want to do that. And I think like it's actually funny. Like I like to stay somewhat connected with writing. But yeah, also, I was going to ask that. You're going to stay like at least a bit relevant in the scene. Maybe not the World Cup scene, but maybe the Aussie scene a bit. I'm kind of just going to play it by ear, hey. Yeah. Because people keep asking me. Like, I'd love what, to see it cannibal. Well, yeah. Like, like maybe I'd go to that and do like the podcast thing and set up like a thing and interview people. Like that would yeah, be. Yeah, that'd be sick. I'd like to do something like that maybe, but I don't want to commit to anything. I don't oh, want to be like, sure. I want to kind of have a, a break or just until I want to come back. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I'd like to do more with the sport, but I, I want to go see people in the sport, not come to like, I'd like to go to like, Scotland and hang out with Reese Wilson and do a podcast with him and see how he lives and go play golf and yeah he's show one his, of my favorite riders so yeah like that and then maybe go to South Africa and and just like travel around and I don't have to go to the races but still interview and talk to people that are a part of the racing scene. yeah I think would be cool yeah I'm gonna miss you Dino at the races I'll I'll come back at some point I'll, I'll have to back. come come up the bar and get a I was gonna say come to the Gold Coast we'll do some training I'll put you through a Put you through put, some hard yards. Through a hell week, yeah. Yeah, that was we'll a we'll see how bad Goggers, baby. Yeah. Who's going to carry the boats? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to do, I'm going to start, to, I want to do some kind of. Because you've uh, been going, putting some mahi in, in the gym, eh? I say it all the time. <laughs> yeah, we went hard at the start. Because I think it was funny, like, I kept trying to do stuff that, because I would go riding and I wouldn't enjoy it. So I was like, I'll go to the gym and train. I enjoyed going to the gym. So I do that and get fitter. But it's like, you can get really fit. But if you're not riding your bike, you like, it's you hard lose to... a bit of technical ability. Yeah. Yeah. So I got so... really fit. But then I still just, I didn't want it, man. If you don't want something, like yeah. really want like it. Like drive. Yeah. You're never going to truly capture it. Yeah. That's, but... that's interesting. Cause I used, I used to, when I was a kid, wanted to be a pro skateboarder, like as bad as I want to be a pro mountain bike now. Mm. I got really good. Mm. Like I'm st still not a bad skater. Mm. <laughs> and like, I don't even know what happened, but I can't. Was that a bear or a moose? Was it? No. Yeah. That surely is a moose. Surely. Oh, yeah. So, anyway, go. We got. We got to wrap this thing up. Yeah. I heard like a like the aftermath bit of it. Did that just beep? I think it did. Oh, that one be? <laughs> oh, it probably was. I think it wasn't I, even I, a I moose. Think just turned off. Oh, okay. Well, we've got the audio. Um, we can we can finish this one after. I didn't realize it got as late as it got. How late actually? Is it? How long? Seven thirty. How long have we been talking for? I don't know. A while. Sorry, this is a bit of it a... It kind of went quick, not going to lie. No, it doesn't go quick. quick. You're going to... You're going to... I'm surprised that one went flat. Both oh, have they? Yeah. Do we still got like the thing? They've still got the audio to the podcast. Yeah, the audio is still recording. But yeah, it's oh, where we lost that. Oh. True. Yeah. All good. Anyway, Joshy Froth, let's finish her off. Let's do it. Um, first off, thank you for being just stoked all the time. And oh, also... God, my bro. Yeah, I think it's like... A lot of people are getting a lot out of it. Yeah. And they're like... It's oh, it's kind of like gnarly. Like um, when Wynn does his Wynn TVs mm. and like I've been on a few of them, I sometimes read the comments and there's a lot of them about me and they're all so nice. And I had this one dude send me a paragraph. Don't even know the dough. 
dude. And like, he was like, man, I love watching your videos. It's helping me get through ACL rehab. Like just seeing you makes me feel like good. I was like, man, that's kind of nuts. I didn't think really me just freaking kind of doing my thing is like helping people get through something. Mm. So I kind of, it kind of almost doesn't feel weird because I'm not really connected to that person, but I'm like, bro, that's nuts. Mm. So I, I, yeah. Positivity, man. Positivity is contagious. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to like see Mm. because no, I've never really had anything like that ever in my life. Like people just that don't know me, just like, I don't even know how to explain it. eh? It's just crazy. Mm. So nuts. They do know you to a certain capacity. Yeah. 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 I mean, they definitely like know more about me than I know about them. Yeah. But that's it, like, but that's what obviously, yeah, they like. But you just have to, when someone's really excited to see you and you've made them feel a certain way, yeah, like, you just kind of have to, like, be like, you're just the, like, it's just another friend, and yeah, you just get to know them, literally. Like, like, what's your name? Who are you? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, yeah, how have I helped you? How have I had an impact? Like, yeah, understand sure. them, and then, yeah, it's like you make good connections with lots of people that way, yeah, it's pretty crazy. We're just gonna just keep spreading that. Just the good stuff, Joshy. Yeah, bro. Just just keep doing my thing. <laughs> Living through mean streets of Washington, D.C., baby. Coming to these races. You've come out the other side. It's all up from here. Built different, baby. Built different. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joshy. Thank you, mate. All good, bro. And Anytime. You got, you got practice tomorrow? Yeah. In the slipping and sliding? I'm that keen. <laughs> I'm that excited. Sick. All right, mate. Thank you. Hell yeah. Sorry bro. that got cut. <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. It got late quick. Yeah, I can't believe it. Um, Get this little guy. Oh, yeah. No you got to buzz him. Thank you, mate. That was cool. Okay. I'm surprised that you have uh, actually got through this and lived.